and this is going to heavily rely on the old toilet meister to to carry the pod once again. This is going to be a heavy flow episode from your boy toilet. Let's just kick it off, baby. Welcome to a mid worst podcast after a two week hiatus. The boys are back in town. My name is toilet and my name is Luke. We are currently missing our dear friend, Zach, who is on his, I believe, fourth week-long vacation of the year. I, yeah. I, th- I think this is like his third this summer. I was trying to do the math in my head, but there's been a few. Yeah, Zach is going door-to-door in uh, white upper-class communities, seeing if anybody would like to have a vaccination on site. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Zach for doing the Lord's work this week. We really appreciate what you're doing. He's trying to vaccinate all of the horses on Mackinac Island. <laughs> I feel like there's the, the fudge dealers of America need to be vaccinated. That is that is just the strangest place to go to a vacation. I think it's so cute that he and so many people find uh, that place to be like the vacation spot. Like when people have like a place they go every year. I always find that so charming because i'm a person where i don't really want to go to the same place year after year i want to go explore new places like maybe if you have such a great vacation you'd like to explore you know returning to a location or something like that i enjoyed my time on mackinac island but i also would like to go to many other places before returning to somewhere that i know i already had a good time you know what i mean i see your veiled criticism and i i i rebuff it as a person who does like to go to the same place year after year on vacation, um, after returning from vacation to a place where I've been very, very frequently, I like to do both. There's like a sense of familiarity of it, especially if you're going to a beach vacation. Well, I think yours is a little different. So for viewers who may no, not be it's as... Not that, it's not that different. But you go with family. Like that's what I'm yeah. trying to say is that you go and a lot of it is family-centered activities and things like that. So I guess... Maybe if that was a part of it, if I had a nuclear toilet, toilet, and the little toilet brushes down the road, if one of us is so fortunate to to do so, maybe that would be like a cute little like, oh, this is where our family goes every year. You take like the family picture at the same place year after year. Oh, my God. Look how look how nice and tall the scrub brush is getting year after year. (laughs) That might be a cute thing. I, I just never had that growing up. I just feel like I'd like to explore somewhere new before I'd return. Yeah, that's I mean, that's totally fair. And I feel like Mackinac is like a family place for them. It's a little quaint for my blood. Zach, I know we can talk shit about Mackinac Island now that Zach is in here toilet. Yeah, so we can we can lobby our complaints. It's a little quaint for me. Yeah. And uh, I think shots fired for having the um, golf carts on campus. You know, if you're if you're going to be the place that doesn't have any wheels or any type of transportation, um, uh, other than horse powered, I think that you got to just own up to it. You know, you got to go full horse or don't horse at all. That's what I say. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the town broke out like the torches and pitchforks when somebody suggested that they might like allow electric bicycles on the Island. Now, like what? an absolute no, no, unless it's for handicap accessibility purposes. Absolutely not. I feel like the island in and of itself isn't handicap accessible. I feel like that's a place where the American Disabilities Act just doesn't exist. So you it's all can't horses have, and stairs. You can't have a, a power wheelchair if you're on Mackinac Island. It's got to be horse-drawn or... <laughs> You've got to get like a little colt or one of those mini horses to pull you around <laughs> if you don't want to do one of the ones where you wheel yourself. A pony, perhaps. Rent a pony by the hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I would just immediately started conflating Mackinac Island with Amish country because they're not that far apart. <laughs> um, and you're going to Amish country next week. We're just doing the vacation rotation over the next yeah. three weeks. I was yeah. gone. Zach's gone. Now toilet's going to be in Yinzer country next week. I, I honestly cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say next week when toilet isn't around. But yes, uh, next week I will be in Yinzer country. Um, as previously mentioned, big rips to, uh, to Toilet's grandmother, uh, Mama Toilet, the day, if you will. Um, uh, may she rest in Yinzer heaven with all the other uh, Steeler greats over the years. <laughs> I feel like that would be absolute paradise for her to be on on some like very old uh, fabric uh, couch with, you know, 
Jack Ham and uh, Mean Joe Green. I don't even know if he's dead or not, but I was uh, trying to think of like an antique word for toilet to like call your grandmother, but I realized that calling your deceased grandmother something like outhouse would be so disrespectful <laughs> and insulting that it, it it wouldn't even be like a good format for a joke. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you for not referring to my grandmother as an outhouse. I do appreciate that. That was a pro move by you. Thank you. I was I was in Yinzer country very recently. I was in ah. Johnsburg. Um, Johnstown? Johnstown, sorry. You did you were? Yeah, you passed through it on 76 on your oh, way. Oh, but you didn't you didn't stop. No, no, we didn't okay, stop. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the big draw is the inclined plane. If you've never stopped in rural um uh steel mill country, basically a, a train car that travels vertically or at a 45 degree angle. Um, that goes from the bottom of the valley where the town is all the way up to uh, near the top of the mountain. That is like the the invention that just like broke everyone's brain where you could actually travel in and out of the valley. Um, genius move uh, to build the entire infrastructure of the town at the bottom of the valley where uh, typically water collects. The <laughs> second, the second uh, biggest, most famous thing Johnstown, other than inventing the inclined plane or having the most famous inclined plane, the world's largest or tallest or steepest, um, was the giant flood that happened yeah, in right. uh, the 1950s and 60s. <laughs> that was basically like four <laughs> months of like boating your way around town. <laughs> and I feel like the residents really had to feel like they got a short shrift when the ski lift was invented like three years later. And they were like, we built a train and this is all we needed. <laughs> this, is, this is much more efficient and you can get Many more. You don't have to wait for the entire train car to fill up before you go. You can just constantly run it. Yeah, that was a little egg on the uh, egg on the face of the uh, uh, the Yinzers. But you know, now that the steel's all dried up, you know, there's nothing really for these people to do other than to uh, watch the Steelers and commit vandalism. So oh, they got the Flight 93 Memorial. I'm sure that there's a little cottage industry around that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close anyway. Yeah. Um, everyone just works at Amazon now and sheets. watches football and sheets. There we go. Sheets country. Thank you. Oh, wait, I keep getting served commercials for a company that opened up an office in Johnstown. I think it's like Ooh. Quicken or something. Oh, Quicken or Rocket, Rocket Mortgage or something. Okay. It's, it's something like that where it's like, but it specifically calls out the town and it's like, this place was a rust belt deindustrialized shithole until we imported 10,000 accountants to live here in Western PA. It, um, it, it won like hometown award for being like having like the craziest penguin fans like 10 years ago. So they got to have, Sweet. um, like a minor league hockey, like the penguins, like played like a, like a exhibition game, like preseason game at like where their minor league hockey team was. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we're staying downtown. So I'll be on the lookout for our booming industry because that is kind of the opposite of what's been going on in Johnstown. Um, but yeah, you know, people had established a residence there and some people just want to live and die in the town that they were born in. So shout out to my uh, grandpappy worked in the coal pit. My dad worked in the coal pit. I am not working in the coal pit. I am a manager at the sheets, but I have strong <laughs> kinship to my grandpappy and my dad. <laughs> I actually have a distant relative who died at the steel mill by like falling into like a vat of like molten steel. Which oh my I God think has to be like, like one the of terminator the, the absolute worst ways to go <laughs> yeah like being forged into like steel rods like to build railroads or something like your your distant relative became the empire state building though yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know if they had like throw that batch out i would hope they would just use it um for something like a child's playground or something like that maybe a little bit less <laughs> less impact but He's yeah, with that's... Jimmy Hoffa in Giant Stadium, buried <laughs> in two different materials, but they're both there. <laughs> um, speaking of buildings, um, I can transition to one of my topics. Um, I was at an event with Toilette uh, a few months ago, and they had opened a new uh, hospital facility. So they were kind of doing like a pinky out black dress. Uh, what, what did we say is the men's uh, equivalent of black dress? Funky a... Fresh funky or uh yeah fresh and fresh and fit or something like fresh that and flirty 30 flirty and funky yes flirty and funky menswear 
Um, but basically, like they were like, you know, clapping it up for all the doctors and all the essential fancy and fresh. workers, fancy and fresh. There we go. Um, everyone's looking hot, everyone's eating hors d'oeuvres, having a great time, open bar. Um, and then they got to like thank the the building company, and I just like turned to the back, and there's just like eight dudes like ripping shots, and like each of them has like two like plates and plates of hors d'oeuvres in front of them. So my thought was, wow. What a cool existence. If I just worked for a company that builds buildings, I get to go to cool swanky ass parties. Like, yeah, for every like hospital that opens, you got to go to like a white castle opening where you probably aren't treated as well, but maybe you get to a crave case for the boys on your way out as like a door prize or something. Right. In this episode, toilet discovers that real estate developers are extremely wealthy and like throwing big swanky parties. Yeah, seriously. Like I did not like, that's what I think we, I don't really get was the perks, like being in education. The perks are summer. Summer is a great perk. I get 10 weeks off every year, which is amazing. So the that's like the, in the child's eyes when you've taught them something new, when yeah, they get, grasp their multiplication tables. That's like 16th on the list. To be <laughs> Free office supplies. That's up there. But like, I wish we could just publicize like, Hey guys, like if you go into this exciting career in real estate, uh, some of the benefits are like pretty much unlimited shrimp tartare. Yeah. Is one of the benefits being able to make kids run suicides if they mouth off to you at football practice? Um, yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, we don't get to call them suicides anymore. Not Ladders. Really sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry to all the, the hardos out there who are annoyed that that um, the kids aren't running suicides anymore. Um We've had to upgrade. The, Can't uh, believe they got rid of suicides and gave them participation trophy. This sucks. What do you mean? It's a Native American heritage run. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we need to publicize more perks. Like when you're going at like college orientation, like hey, oh, okay, so you want to be in business? So one of the perks is you might get to go to a Cubs game in box seats and get absolutely ripped on someone else's dime. Yeah, that is also a uh, significant perk of advertising. I'm going to a rooftop game next month. <laughs> there, there we go. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, okay, Chicago sports. Um, I wanted to talk about um, our young prince, Justin Fields. And I don't want to go on a um, minute-long tangent that you will inevitably cut because you don't want me to see any orange. But um, have you seen any of the training camp buzz, like any of the rookies reporting, you know, Justin Fields look great. Have you, have you kind of seen that stuff on uh, social media? Honestly, I haven't really been paying attention to social media on vacation. I like really unplugged from Twitter and Reddit and like the time sinkholes where I usually just like doom scroll and stuff, opting yeah. to play uh, mobile video games on the beach instead. So I had something to look at. Can't look at the, you know, ocean or just spend time relaxing. I need something to stimulate my mind. Sure. Um, the only thing that I've seen, and I sent this to the group, was Tevin Jenkins bringing his own 45 pound plate to camp. Yeah. I that mean, is, he, he First round Hall of Famer right First there. Round. This guy is like like Kyle Long who? Seriously. Who? who? Who was that? We don't even need him anymore, honestly. I'm so excited to watch that guy play. I hope he brought that as like, like he like has it under his pillow or like it's like somewhere <laughs> with him at all times. Like I hope that's like kind of part of his he, he eats off of it in the cafeteria. Yeah. Well, you know, like, put it here, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that's like part of his thing, but um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm starting to buy into the hype, you know, watching all the cool Justin Fields, slow motion spiral, all that kind of stuff. And then I saw a picture of uh, Trey Lance in training camp. And I just sent this to you in the chat. Um, Trey Lance is sponsored by a, uh, a company called Stat Sports. Yeah. And if you're unfamiliar with Stat Sports, it's basically a device that helps you like track your activity. I think it's very popular in soccer, correct me if I'm wrong, to see like how much distance you're actually traveling, your heart rate, all that kind of stuff. And no, in, of in soccer, they all got together and it's like, guys, we're playing a girl's sport. We should all be wearing sports bras. <laughs> That's my criticism. Like, could they have just made this like a complete undershirt? Like, to see a man in what is essentially a sports bra, like 
I don't mean to sound sexist. It's just not a great look for this we guy. We enter the toxic masculinity segment of the podcast. <laughs> it's just like, I I don't know. Like, could you have just made it a complete undershirt? Like this yeah, guy who's I wearing you mean. on top of a long sleeve shirt, like that looks a little silly, but it looks cooler than what Trey Lance is doing. Like Trey Lance kind of looks like a fuck boy. He's got like a giant chain and huge earrings and like a perfectly manicured haircut and then a sports bra on. And white sunglasses. <laughs> He's looking kind of cute, actually. He's looking kind of cute. Now that I'm looking at this, wow. Look at the well, then I, tray. I'm I'm Googling Justin Fields and he's just like absolutely ripped. He's got like smeared on like black face paint. He just looks like an absolute beast. So that's my quarterback right there. That's my, yeah, I that's mean my take. I, I I know why it is the way that it is. It's because it's got an integrated heart rate monitor. So it's got to be like in your chest area. Okay. okay. It, it, that's like one of the things that attracts. I don't really get its application in football necessarily, like in yeah. soccer. Um, one of its primary uses is tracking like where you are on the field, because that's a lot more nebulous than it is in football. Yeah, it's like you know where your receiver is, and if they're not running routes correctly, like you know if people are getting downfield and making blocks. Like I don't think that you need data and analytics to track that. Sure. Yeah, I just think if I'm going to be sponsored by this company, like, hey, can you just make me a complete shirt and not just or make it look like a crop top at least, like, or like make a it tank. kind of fashionable, a tank perhaps. These are just suggestions from me to you, Trey Lance. But uh, I, I, for whatever reason, this must work. They're data analytics people. There's probably some reason behind it. Uh, but uh, the first time I saw that, it was with soccer players. But it was after a match where they were taking off their jerseys, and they were all wearing them. Yeah, like every saw, single one of them. Like a guy scored a goal, and then he like was screaming, running to the corner to do like the knee slide thing, and then he ripped his shirt off and had one of those like sports stat sports training bras on and i'm like not not a great look my dog maybe like a cool design maybe uh i don't know a a team logo on it would make it look a little bit better it's just not not for me dog i'm 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 out i mean we've gotten to a point where you know like five and a half inch shorts are popular with guys like maybe we need to like start wearing bandos and it's sports bras maybe this is a look that we can make popular yeah, I am. A, I'm a big fan of the tiny inseam and that that trend kind of picking up. Now, when I see a man who wears a pair of shorts that hits below the knee, I just kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, shout out to the wedding I was at last week at a country club that said uh, shorts are allowed, but absolutely under no circumstances are cargo shorts allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I I. I I feel like speaking of funky, fresh and swanky parties and weddings and country clubs, I wish I was rich enough to be able to buy a suit that maybe like I could get a suit where it's a normal suit, but I just get like a matching pair of shorts too. Because for a summer wedding, that is an all time I'm here to party look. Yes, big time. I think I'm going to a wedding uh, next month. Ooh, you maybe I'll try this out. It's my mother's wedding. It's her third wedding, so I feel like in the third wedding you kind of get to loosen up the 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 traditional values oh, each yeah. time. So maybe I'll try to rock the dress shirt blazer with shorts, and I'll see how the crowd receives it, and I'll give you some feedback. Even better, you wear pants for the ceremony, of course, ah. to be respectful, and then for the reception or the party or whatever you're doing pop the shorts out boom what's up <laughs> More i mean than that outfit. that you wearing the tuxedo top with the jean shorts that picture is an all-timer it I is feel an like all-timer. If, you, if you busted that out at the reception people would go nuts a, gra- a crowd pleaser so jean shorts is a little bit of a that that's more of like the like the party look yeah um, are we talking about that are we talking more of like a like a tapered chino seven inch inseam type yeah, I'm talking about the more sophisticated version of it. Like okay. the ones that like NBA players wear where they're where they wear like a maroon suit and they'll yeah. have like the matching pair of shorts. Or you're like going to a party on a boat. So you're allowed to wear boat shoes and shorts and like a linen shirt and then an unbuttoned and then a little blazer guy on top. Yeah. Also, okay. boat shoes on boats are really fucking dangerous. Like the world's biggest misnomer. Are they it, are they actually pretty slippery? 
they're so slippery, dude. They have okay. like no traction. Huh. And if you want to buy like actual boat shoes that will work on a boat, you you could get Sperry's that do that, but they're like two hundred dollars. So what is the ideal male shoe on a boat? Bare Barefoot. feet. Okay. The the shoe that God gave you. There you go. You're alternatively the toe shoes that annoying uh, wear. Shout out to Johnny Damon. Honestly, it's probably like a pair of running shoes. Be okay. like going for max traction. <laughs> love it five inch metal cleats <laughs> for soft grass only hey speaking of footwear um I, i've seen this gone viral in a couple tweets um but someone brought it up in casual conversation i thought it was worth unpacking here um so watching a little bit of the olympic games and there seems to be you know four or five different styles of fencing four or five different styles of swimming and yet we only have sprinting in the track in the track events, why not find out who the fastest backpedaler is or who the fastest karaoke person is? We have like speed walking somehow yeah. in the Olympics. Is like it still? I thought, I thought that they got rid of it. Speed walking is in. Um, so, I mean, that's sweet. That's so cool. It's very cool. Yes, very cool. Um, but yeah, but, I'd like to see like who the fastest backpedaler is. You're looking like, to subvert the expectation of running that is run as fast as you can for the ascribed distance. But I'm thinking mostly of swimming where it's like we have the breaststroke, we have the freestyle, we have the backstroke. Like, why not have the equivalent in running? We should have the 100 meter dash, but people can only do it on their hands. That would yes. be electric. 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 Yes. I, I mean, I love this idea and I feel like I, I'd like to workshop some of the thoughts that are brimming to head. I think backpedaling mm-hmm. is an awesome idea. That's also a recipe for disaster. I feel like you get some really good bloopers and moments out of the backpedaling races. How about like somersaulting or cartwheels? Cartwheels. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, three-legged race. Three-legged race. Yes. For, for two people. Yes. That would, got, actually, that would be awesome. You've got two-player volleyball. You've got the two-player synchronized diving. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Exactly. Like, if you could do two-person trampling with a synchronized routine, like, hooking up two runners to each other, doing that, like, sack race, wheelbarrow. These events already exist. Wake up Olympics. Or, like, a medley relay where it's, like, the fir- like at some yes. point, someone has to run forward backpedal maybe we combine them into this like it's a it's a four by four but one person has to backpedal (laughs) (laughs) one person has to do cartwheels the whole time that's whoever draws that that sucks (laughs) yeah i think there's Uh, a lot of room for expansion here also disc golf 2024 olympics do it do it do it do it I think ultimate frisbee is probably closer than disc golf. I'm, I'm sorry to say, toilet. Hey, team sports are fine. Room for all. They should do a swimming event where you can't come up for breath. Oh, oh, like uh, like a who can stay under the water the longest? No, because I feel like that could have some pretty severe implications with the type of psychos that make it to the Olympics in general. Mm. More like you can have to do like a hundred meters or like down and back, but you have or to yeah, be underwater the whole time. Who can swim the farthest without coming up for air kind of thing. I, I don't want it to make it like the endurance race because people will just like do it Die. until they black out. Uh, <laughs> yes. It'll be like more so a lifeguarding event, it, which could it. also be fun. Yeah. You know, like the, they have the lumberjack games. There could also be the lifeguard games. Sure. I would love to see like a a true cannonball contest, but where they could measure like most water displaced. And then they could also do where they do like the slow-mo diving, like probably not 10 meter because people would actually die, but maybe the five meter board of belly flopping, like zero flinching full send face first. I want to see some belly flopping and slow-mo in the Olympics. Absolutely, because diving is a judged competition already. What is a belly flop if not just a different style of diving? Exactly. I I feel like with the running events too, and I'm not sure how you would do this, but maybe you could like make it more difficult on yourself and earn style points. 
like if you went backwards but hopped on one leg that might give you mm. uh, a handicap in fact okay. hopping on one leg also an event that could be potentially added yeah that one would be really painful but yes. big calves on that on those folks that would be so crazy like the people lining up and they have one calf that's just enormous and the other <laughs> one that's just normal <laughs> they walk around like they're limping all the time <laughs> Um, I wanted to segue to another sports topic. Um, I don't know, uh, Luke, if you're this much of a seam head, did you happen to track any of the MLB draft that took place this month? I did not. Not okay. Well, I saw like the, well, I, I didn't. Um, the hottest story that I saw from the MLB draft was that the uh, Angels of Anaheim in all 20 rounds of the draft <laughs> took a pitcher. Yeah, I did see that actually, except. Oh, what? Except for the third round where they took a short stop. <laughs> oh no. The article I read from ESPN. So they only took pitchers. Oh, maybe it was the, the not Dians who drafted like all left-handed pitchers and then a short stop, but oh, that's my God. also hilarious. So that's like your quarterback draft idea on <laughs> steroids it's 45 and then the G- pitchers the gm came out and said well we just took the best player available that came up it just happened to be a pitcher every time bull fucking shit you yeah just no 20 kidding. pitchers yeah according to whose evaluation it's like we grade all pitchers 20 places above every other player every other team in the draft so yeah you're gonna take all pitchers I, I kind of like the move though, to be honest, like I would love to see like, uh, where are they now in three years and be like, yo, we've got like, you know, we've developed this many of this 20 that are still playing baseball and like might be, pro- you know, I think that's a pretty cool move. I hope that it catches on in five years. All of them are on the Dodgers starting rotation. <laughs> <laughs> they give up on them too soon. Um, yeah, I think the next, uh, by the time you're hearing this, or maybe next week, we will be having a really sad pour one out for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, you think there's big moves happening? Oh, yeah, but you know what? They're going out with a bang. Javi Baez taunting Amir Garrett last night after he mm. walked him off was awesome. Mm. I don't know if you saw that toilet, but he no. uh, he pimped uh, like – what would have probably under normal circumstances been a double, but it was a walk-off um, runner from third scores. And Javi Baez just holds on to his bat, walking down the first baseline, staring at Garrett. And he uh, mind stirring a big pot with the Ooh. bat, like a giant spoon. Okay. Um, also telling Amir Garrett to uh, fuck himself. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. What is the purpose of stirring the pot? Was he saying that, he was stirring the pot by staring at him. Was it a literal gesture? I don't know. It, it also oh. could have been him rowing a canoe or something. I okay. like to think it's just stirring the pot because those dudes hate each other. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood going back like several years, actually. So, hmm. you know, you, you love to see it. You love a good baseball rivalry. Two yeah. hotheads who just like dislike each other and play in the same division. Um, yeah. Do you think that this is a team that needs to be neutered or is this a team that, that is able to be salvaged? What is your overall uh, Cubs outlook right now? Are we seeing blue? I don't know, man. They're like 500 right now. Like it could be worse. They had a really good month where like they made us all believe that the band could get it back together for one last show, but I think it might be over, but they should still pay Rizzo and Bryant. It'd be nice if we could have a couple cornerstones while we continue to rebuild so we're not completely sad teams. Or just likable guys that make the Cubs fun. Like, they won the World Series in 2016. That's really all that you could ever expect from them in this or the next lifetime. Just let make the team have fun guys on it, you know? Yeah. Likable personalities. Like, they don't need to be the best – like Kyle Hendricks has lost a lot of his stuff, but he's still just like a likable guy. We all love Sile, don't we? Yeah. What's his face? <laughs> the guy who looked like uh, Eastbound and Down. Patrick uh, Wisdom? No, not Patrick Wisdom. Uh, the guy who looks like John oh, C. The, Riley. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pitcher. Yeah, like, the like that guy, guy they <laughs> traded him. That needs to be the cornerstone of a losing Cubs team is somebody with a goofy haircut and a mustache. <laughs> that's how, I mean, that's how you go from selling out every single game to selling 98% of your tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of that 2016 run uh, and the team that the Chicago Cubs topped in game seven, uh, the Chicago, the Cleveland, not Indians, the Cleveland Guardians. Um, I, I think that news dropped sometime last week and uh, decided to do a little uh, uh, schadenfreude scrolling of uh, Cleveland Twitter. Yeah. And um, the <laughs> funny- usually a grim place, no matter what's happening, just in general. <laughs> truly, truly. I, I was um, I drove through Ohio and it was like covered in smoke from the wildfires the that are going fires. on in Manitoba. Oh, it's just like grim and hot and brutal. Everyone burning their Space Jam one copy so they can sell out and get as much Space Jam two merch as possible. Yes, exactly. Nice. Um, the funniest comments I saw from the Cleveland faithful were uh, the people who were upset about the team. There were many people who were, who were pleased by it, but there were some who were upset because they didn't know how they were going to be able to chant for the Guardians. They were concerned that <laughs> Go Guardians was going to be too difficult of a chant for them to be able to It's master. three syllables. That is one of the easiest ones to do. Da, da, da. It's the same as Indians. Indians. Guardians. It's three syllables. It's three syllables. You'll figure it out. <laughs> I thought it was genius that they were going to kind of keep the color scheme, keep the font. And then from far away, you know, the last part of the word looks close enough to Indians where you can just kind of squint and pretend like it's the same team. The G is going to be weird though. Like where, however that G manifests itself on their official logo and on like a hat or something, you're going to be like, G, what is that? Nobody uses a cursive G the way it's actually supposed to be used. They all use like a capital G and then like, like cursive letters after it. Cause a cursive G is the weirdest fucking letter ever. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's like a big box with a bunch of loops in it. Yeah. Like, who designed this? Who? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like just a like, cursive lowercase S. Yeah, what really was going is. on here when we <laughs> what, just triangle? Sure. Who cares? What was this? The last letter that was thought of in the cursive alphabet. And we just kind of ran out of shapes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, the other uh, baseball thought I had was uh, a person I was with this past weekend was a high school baseball coach. And, um, you know, when you're in high school baseball, you know, you get taught the fundamentals and things like that. And one of the things that is preached in high school baseball is hustle. So you get a walk, you throw your bat and you hustle your way to first base and um, dead sprint, slide sprint, head first slide. (laughs) Um, so apparently he had a, uh, underachieving mediocre team, uh, and his kids were, were striking out a good amount. And, um, the, the way, the way that they thought they were supposed to, they would strike out, they would turn to the bench and they would, they would briskly jog their way back. And, uh, apparently his team lost, you know, to this very under, even more underachieving team than his own, uh, in his, in his eyes. And he yelled at them and he said, if you strike out, you are not allowed to jog back to the dugout anymore you need to walk back as slow as you possibly can and live in your shameful moment <laughs> that you struck out looking at a strike if you look at strike three you have to walk even slower you need to live in that shame a little bit more <laughs> and he said that threat made them uh strike out a whole lot less i mean at least they were swinging at third pitches and getting some tips and things like that um i just thought that was a really funny um, you know, you're, you're teaching your kids to hustle all the time, except for when you strike out and you get embarrassed, you need to live in that shame to motivate you to not do that anymore. Yeah. I, I think that's great. Using their own humiliation and shame as a motivational tool. I mean, there's no harm in that. That's like, fine. I would say the same thing to a kicker too. Yeah. Like don't bother getting on the bus. Cody Parkey. (laughs) I mean, like that's like basically what that amounts to is like, you need to like take a moment and think about what you did before you can rejoin the team. If you're going to fail spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we all, uh, 
when when you know my my much lower stakes moments in playing frisbee golf or playing basketball when i screw up i feel like i need to take a moment to self-reflect live in that moment you know feel that pain and that shame and hopefully motivate me to uh do less of those things in the future so it's a good uh learning lesson moving forward and the lesson for hobby bias too. shout out to our strikeout king he loves to swing the bat um (laughs) i feel like for a football player that moment of humiliation will always come later in Mm. like especially at a high level i'm not sure if this is at a high school level but you're gonna watch film and like everybody's gonna roast you if you mess up spectacularly or if you have a very noticeable drop or something mm-hmm. like that. So you have to relive that moment over and over. But yeah. baseball being like a series of individual events masquerading as a team sport, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like I think that's natural to be like, oh, drop that pass, gotta go jog and go pick it up, get it back to the official and sprint back to the huddle as fast as possible so that the next play can go on and I can just pretend like nothing happened. Like if you, um, if you as a baseball team make three errors in an inning, you should automatically forfeit that game. game like, there's over. no coming back from that. You've already lost the game <laughs> on the spot. I heard that um, there's a chance that the seven inning double headers are going to go away next year. Is that true? I know I, I heard about that disappointing news. The baseball purist in me likes to see it, but the fan who wants to get drunk at two consecutive baseball games does not love to see it. That was my, uh, one of my other topics was you had an elite multitasking moment, probably two or three months ago, but you've probably done it since then where you sent us, you were on a call or you were somehow working during the day, but you were also able to score the entire Cubs game from the radio while (laughs) the workday was going on. I thought that was some elite work multitasking. I didn't know if you wanted to share. First of all, for any of my coworkers who are listening to this, I disavow this statement. I definitely was not scoring the Cubs game during a call when I was not on camera. That's (laughs) not what I was doing. I am very important. My work matters. My job matters. Essential workers advertising. Um, (laughs) Honestly, Singularly related notes. What are your other uh, elite multitasking during the workday moments? Um, I mean, since I've been working from home, obviously it's really opened up the catalog of things that I could potentially do because Mm. there are, you know, a lot of phone calls where I need to be in attendance so that I can find out what's going on, but I'm not necessarily an active participant. So there are times when, especially if I'm caught up on emails or something, I can multitask. So number one, laundry, especially Mm. if you've got the call on your phone, going down to the basement, getting some laundry done. That way you don't have to do it later on. Yeah. Uh, Drinking beer, something Ah. that's very fun to do during work. Yes. Um, Wouldn't know, but yes. Oh, you don't, you don't think that there are teachers in the school that keep a little nip in their desk. I'm sure there are. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It would be maybe, like, maybe the stakes are too high because if you got caught with that, you would be like fired and lose your pension immediately. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's worth it. Plus would you... drinking, drinking at yeah. school, not really worth it. Not really a place you want to have alcohol in your system at all. They don't even serve alcohol at like class reunions, do they? Um, like through the high school. Usually it's at, it's at the high school. And then if it's held off campus, it's fine. But if it's at the high school, then no. Yeah. It's way to set that expectation and ruin it for me. Hollywood, so lame. that yeah. I would be able to go to my high school gym in 10 years and be able to like get shitty at a bar. Yeah. And a bunch of people that hot. I don't care to talk to. Well, I'm I'm looking super hot. You are looking super hot, but yeah, none of those people from our high school are getting divorced and like making some real life decisions that I didn't, I'm too young and immature to make. Hey man, we're in our thirties now. It's, it's time to, we thought like the first wave of weddings was over. We're just getting started with the divorces and the second wave of divorce parties. (laughs) You thought my bachelor party was fun. (laughs) Um, Uh, I did my taxes on a oh, call. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was, I copped out and used TurboTax. Oh, I, think, I know. I, I don't even own anything and I use TurboTax. 
Wow. Like I have like some like easiest taxes to do. Yeah. I have like one source of income and like some investments and like the day trading pain in the ass thing, but I still use TurboTax. Wow. Shame. Do, uh, you, do you fill out uh, the form and mail it? No, I do tax act. No oh. free ads, but uh, yeah, I've been doing it since I was 16 when I was scooping ice cream. I mean, I still, I, I need to put money in uh, Quicken's pocket, so I, I've got to go. use my turbo tax. Yeah. Shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of multitasking, I was at dinner with Toilette and some of her uh, work friends about a month ago. And uh, one of the uh, doctors there was a dad uh, and he had his two children with him. And I think that becoming a father is becoming ambidextrous. And what I mean by that is he had two children. One of them was probably no older than three. And the other one was probably about five. So the five-year-old was somewhat independent, but the three-year-old was not. So the three-year-old was on his lap. And then the five-year-old was next to him. And he basically had to do everything at a restaurant one-handed. And I was just in awe of staring at this guy who was able to like hold his child and somehow like function as a person at a, at was essentially a sports bar. Um, he turned around, his steak was cut. How did he do that with one hand? How did he do? No, he didn't order a steak. He had pizza, but um it was just insane to me to be like, oh my God, that's what being a dad is, that you have to do everything in your life one-handed. It's like one hand's tied behind your back, but it's actually holding a child. It's actually holding a screaming toddler who is sticky at the moment. Not at the moment, just always. All the time, all the time, yeah. Um, the the best is like the one hand, he's probably got the other kid in like the crook of his arm too, yeah. just like breaking off some pizza for him. I was like making dinner the other day and I was trying to stir two things at the same time with my left and right hand. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I'll just do this both at the same time. And my left hand is like, it, I don't Useless. know, man. It's like someone I've never even met before using my arm. Like what are, what does this hand even do? It's, it's like totally... patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time. Yeah. Like whose like, arm is this? Like good luck trying to do it. Like you just end up stirring two things like in opposite directions at the same time because your brain yeah. can't process anything else. Yes. yes. And you can't use your wrist. You have to do what I'm doing, which is like using your elbows too. Yeah. Like gross motor function takes over. Like if my, if my left, left arm was totally amputated my life would not change at all other than like clothes looking weird on me probably everything else would be exactly the same not being able to cut food i feel like would be a, a oh. major challenge yeah my left i guess my left just does like the boring easy stuff so i should start training myself that would i guess be my kid hand my kid would always be on my left and then my right would be doing all the other things but i'd like to be able to have the flexibility to do both so maybe i start training now I watched a, a movie called My Left Foot recently, which is about Christy Brown, mm. who is an artist who grew up in Ireland, had cerebral palsy mm. um, and like could only use like painted using his left foot and wrote mm. using his left foot. Whoa. And after watching it, I was like, I could write with my left hand. Right. So I just <laughs> decided to try and write my name with my left hand. Dude, it is impossible. Like a serial killer wrote it. My my brain can't process it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It it I, it's like worse than a child's handwriting. And I, have, <laughs> I I actually have like decent handwriting if I put my mind to it with my right hand. But I can't do it. That's the thing for me is it took probably until my late 20s to have decent handwriting with my right hand. So if I started day one with my left hand right now, it would take another 25 years for my left hand to be able to catch up to where my right hand's at right now. Absolutely. The only thing that you've been training it to do over the past like 15 or so years is the stranger. That's it. Like, like that's the one thing. Like, I'm not going to be able to become a switch hitter. If I lose my right hand, it, it's going to be bad. And not Game just because... Over. Although I, I guess my job is just typing at a keyboard. So I don't know. I feel like I could learn to do that with my left hand. Would you rather 
Okay, so all of the five senses. I think we talked about this before. If you had to like lose a sense, like watching the sound of metal a couple months ago, I'm like, ooh, losing my hearing would be pretty bad. But losing, like, if I had to lose my right hand, like, if right now you cut it off and I could not use my right hand anymore, that would be really fucking hard. Yeah, that would be really rough. How would I disc golf? I'd have to disc golf my left hand. Oh, my God. You would have to relearn it. I'm so bad right now with my right hand. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be terrible. They would all be bad. That's why, like, I'm surprised. Well, it depends on what kind of doctor this guy was, but usually doctors are, like, very careful with their hands. Mm. Like, they won't do yard work. They won't, like, have any hobbies that, like, increases the likelihood that they're going to fuck up the fine motor skills of their hand because, like, you can't learn how to do heart surgery with your non-dominant hand. (laughs) That is something that you're not going to be able to figure out. No, no. Yeah, you're it's an investment. You don't yeah. Like you're not removing brain tumors with your left hand once you like, you know, chop your pinky off. So true. Um, so did you want to hit one of your topics today? I feel like I've been hitting a lot of mine. I mean, I don't really have a ton. One is just like something that I watched on television, and one is like an insane conspiracy guy that I found on Reddit. So we'll do the lighter one. Well, uh, maybe I'll do the conspiracy one with Zach. Okay. Um, and I I texted you about this last night, Toilet, but um, I was watching The Bachelor and mm. they were doing the men tell all where they recapped the season and how some of the guys got let go. Bachelorette. And, oh, The Bachelorette, excuse me. And one of the contestants, um, The Bachelorette said that she let him go after they kissed for the first time and she realized that the spark wasn't there. Like they don't have physical chemistry. Like it just isn't going to work out, which is, you know, like fair. It like happens with certain people. You're just like, have that moment. And it's like, yeah, this probably isn't for me. Yeah. So then this guy said, like, he obviously went home. And when somebody says that to you, like we kissed and it just wasn't there, you think like, fuck, am I, a, am I a bad kisser? Um, so he went back and confirmed and people were like, no, you're fine. And then they had like some audience plant come up and make out with him for a little bit. She was like, I want to see if you're a bad kisser or not. And she was like, Katie's wrong. You're the best kisser. And I was like, it is impossible to tell if somebody is not just the best kisser, but is anything other than bad. You think it's completely binary? I think that you have a hurdle to clear. Like you're not bad. You're not biting anything. You're not clicking teeth. You're not like totally off rhythm or not responding to your kissing partner. Like that, those are the elements of a bad kiss. And once you get past that, like you're good. But can you kiss someone and like make them fall in love with you? I feel like they're already just attracted to you. Like, what would the power of an exceptional kiss be? Um, I guess if I'm thinking of my own experiences, I've definitely uh, had some good kisses and some bad ones. Um, and then I don't know. I guess, I guess if if you would say like, is there someone who you would find not very attractive on face value, but then you would kiss them and then decide, oh, actually. You're so good at that. I'm now much more attracted than you than I previously was. Is that kind of what we're going at? You know what? I think that is, that is a fair pushback toilet. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Like maybe that that would signal that they have qualities or that you have chemistry beyond just like the meh sort of like face value. I, yeah. I feel like that's, you know, certainly possible like similarly if somebody's like a really good dancer that might make them more attractive or something like that yeah but i feel like that would be difficult to evaluate that too and it'd be really difficult even in that situation to separate that from like am i really more attracted to this person or am i just like a little or knee you know is is my uh is my lizard brain clouding my judgment here so you're on the bachelorette side here where she was probably physically attracted to this guy and then kissed him and then realized, 
well, there's not really a lot of chemistry here. Now I'm out. You're okay with that? Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make him a bad kisser either. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess it's also like a style and preference thing too. Like, I don't know. I think that there's probably like if someone's I've been with my partner for six years. Like, I feel like if I kissed anybody else, like it would feel and I'm talking about makeout kissing too. Like that's what we're talking about with good and bad kisses, right? Like a kiss longer than three seconds, open mouth, all that sort of thing. Like, I feel like I would instantaneously be bad because I'm used to another person too. Mm. So there is a style to it, toilet. Oh yeah. Yeah. You kind of get a rhythm down with a certain person. Yeah. I think it's hard when like, yeah, like the initial like longer kiss with a new person is like, kind of intimidating because you don't you don't know the other person's like preferences and styles and things like that but if you're like an adaptable person kind of like what you were saying like are you able to react and adapt to like usually the first one is the worst one so that's a really hard way to judge a person too yeah but as it goes on you can kind of tell like okay like that's kind of like the person's like timing and like i can kind of get down with that and i don't know i think that's uh and that's part of it too but I, I feel like then there isn't like, you're not really developing skills once you've gotten past that point. Okay. Like, to become exceptional, I, I feel like is impossible. So maybe like an exciting session is one where like different things happen and like a boring one is like, oh, this is our first kiss. So I'm going to like be very boring and like predictable. And maybe that's why maybe this guy like went in and he's like, oh, well, we'll just do like the normal like nothing crazy, no tiny lip biting situation, no like sticking my entire tongue down your throat. Like we're just going to kind of do the basic missionary equivalent of kissing. No, you know like I mean? each of your teeth individually and then yes. counting them while we're kissing. <laughs> 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 Not spelling the alphabet with my tongue. Oh my God. <laughs> That's some complicated stuff for a kiss. We'll have to bring this guy on to discuss. No licking the tip of your nose. <laughs> Sexy. Who doesn't want a damp nose when they're all done? I, a cold, I, wet nose. I love having a damp nose. I like it to feel like I'm kissing a dog with a very pointy nose <laughs> when I'm making out with somebody. So in our conversation yesterday, I brought up a, uh, a show that I have been watching with Toilette called Love Island. Have you seen this show? No, but I'm familiar with the con. Yes, actually, I have. I've seen it a long time ago, like the original iteration of it, but I haven't seen this most recent version. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Oh Yeah Dude. They also um, had a quick rundown explaining the show of Love Island. Uh, for anyone who has seen it before, you can just go ahead and skip ahead because I'm going to trash it. Um, it is, it is unwatchable television it is so hard like i feel like part of and maybe you can school me a little bit because you're a little bit more in the reality tv realm than i am um i'm a little bit out of tune with reality tv but i kind of need someone to like deliberately root for or root against is that kind of like how you look at reality television or am i looking at it the wrong way i think i I understand what you're saying i think that reality tv can't be entertaining if you're not necessarily rooting for anybody like or at least acknowledging that all these people suck all of them are stupid it's trash television it's the lowest common denominator you're watching so that you can turn your brain off and look at attractive people for 60 minutes but it can be like immensely boring if it's just like people yelling at each other forever or like especially with like dating shows too it's like i don't care about any of these people or anything that they do yeah i need kind of like an investment pull-in kind of thing and i think with just the show that i've been watching like it, it helps me a lot more if i've got like a couple that i'm rooting for like like if the bachelor or bachelorette that's what i heard a lot of like one of these most recent seasons, like the main character or the main person is not really a character. It's a person uh, was like very boring. Like the girl who like picked the guy after like the second or third week. Oh too, yeah. Yeah. She Claire was, a, she was apparently quite boring. And like, that's why it was kind of a boring season until she was out of there. Does that sound right? I mean, it was boring because like she knew who she was going to pick night one. That doesn't really create compelling 
dating game show. The yeah. game show is supposed to be like there are actually like multiple people in the mix and they but hate I, each other. That's the fun part of it. Are your favorite seasons of Bachelor Bachelorette when you either like really, really like or really, really dislike people on the show? Um, yeah, I, I would say that like if you like the lead or if there are like interesting people, it's definitely a lot more entertaining. Yeah, I guess I just... <laughs> like dating for me was always hard and uncomfortable and like to watch other people do it, like makes me feel uncomfortable, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't really like to live in that space. So I don't really know like the main draw, like, is it like couples like to watch it because they get to like criticize other people's relationships? Yes. Yes. That is exactly it. You get to judge people. You get to judge people who by all intents and purposes are significantly more attractive than about 98% of the American population. And that's probably underselling it too. And be like, yeah, I wouldn't date them. Their haircut sucks. They're ugly. I hate that dress. Like they're going about this wrong. He's toxic, blah, 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 blah. Like that, that's the draw. That's what I was wondering. Cause I love Twilight and she's very smart. So I'm like, okay, if the smartest person I know likes watching these television shows, like if she, is she watching this as like, reps like mental reps of like oh like she went on this date with this guy and he did this and it was a red flag so that's why she she decided to not date him like is she like going through this like methodically like that's why she likes watching this show or is it like because i don't think the entertainment value is that high like i guess because i turned to her yesterday i'm like is there anyone on the show that you're rooting for or against and she was like no (laughs) so i just didn't really understand what the draw was i guess it's also good background noise for phone time Okay, there you go. Like Love Island UK, they're on the island for 10 weeks, eight to 10 weeks. And there's an episode every day, like an hour long episode. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's the format. Day. Yeah, that's crazy. That is such an insane time commitment. Yeah, big time. So I didn't know that was what I was committing to when I said I'd watch an episode. It's turned into, I think I've watched eight and I just want to throw up in my mouth every time. Yeah, I can't go for that. No can do with the no five ep- with the five episodes a week, like three hours of the Bachelorette a week is already like really pushing it for me in terms of like the amount of time that I'm willing to waste on reality television. Pass. Um, well, I'd like to get that taste out of my mouth. So I've got four topics left. Are any of these ones that you need to hear immediately? Um, well, you might as well give your take on fireworks because we are rapidly exiting fireworks season. Okay. So I had a, this topic is from, uh, much earlier, uh, on the, on the, <laughs> you, we could just do something else if you don't want to talk about fireworks. No, but... I do. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. It just has not come up organically because fireworks really only comes up one time a year, folks, if you're not going to a White Sox game and I'm talking about independence day. Um, so we were watching Toilette's family dog on 4th of July weekend this year because they were out of town. And if you are familiar with, um, you know, any of your canine friends, some of them don't take kindly to like loud, unpredictable noises. Hands, that fireworks yes. make. Liberal dogs afraid of fireworks. Dogs yeah. used to be soldiers and find mines and stuff. Now they wear thunder jackets and are afraid of good old fashioned American fireworks. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to run away. It's the 4th of July. Lazy ass dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had a little bit more empathy for uh, the sweet, the sweet dog. So we decided to uh, hang out with the family during the day. We were in Michigan and then we decided to drive home at night um, so that we could uh, stay in my much quieter um, residential suburban town. Um, and to be in the car during the bulk of the fireworks show since it's about a two-hour drive home and driving home during the fourth of july during peak fireworks time was awesome we basically we already talked about this did we really (laughs) yeah where you drove through each individual town so you got to see each of their individual fireworks shows oh okay so maybe i did talk about this (laughs) um well yeah that was basically it we drove along 8094 the whole way home and we got to see every small town fireworks show on our way and it was amazing i got to be in air conditioning listening to music 
and the dog had no clue that it was going on. So it was pretty much an unbelievable night and I would recommend doing it again. Toilet, I've got one for you next year. Okay. You know, doing it bigger for the next 4th of July, 2022. Yes. Yes. Get a plane ticket. Oh, well, will you be able to see it though? You're just going to look at class. You, you, you do see it. Oh, if you're going low. So if you get it, like if you get a flight from Chicago to Detroit or like a regional flight where you're not getting all the way up to 35,000 feet, you'll stay below the cloud line and you'll be able to see the fireworks from like every town. Speaking of the same thing, uh, Jeff Bezos, fake flight. He didn't even go as high as some commercial airliners go. Like he barely did space at all. He did not go to space. He basically took a really expensive airplane flight. Yeah, that's stupid. You might as well go into like the plane that does the parabolic flight where you like float for a second. Yeah, cool. Very cool. That that is way cooler than what Jeff Bezos did. Yeah, big time. You just wore a hat and everyone thought like, oh my God, what is a traveler, space cowboy. And he dressed like a spaceman and like burned like... 15 pounds like solid jet fuel to like i don't know achieve levels of flight seen on like a trans-pacific airliner that's like the same as you on halloween after like two edibles yeah exactly (laughs) you're on the same amount of space that's precisely it that thank you for the costume idea i'm going as jeff bezos in my space suit and a cowboy hat. all you have to do is buy Matt, a cowboy hat maddie's Perfect. gonna maddie's gonna kill me if i go as jeff bezos what could she be um she hmm. could be the like teenager that went with him ah oh, perfect the uh the silver spoon teenager i feel like there was a woman on the flight she goes richard branson he's ah. got like long hair ish yeah she could be the the penis shaped rocket she could just get a giant pink domed hat yeah i i it was insane how much it looked like a penis i can't believe that engineers put that together and it went through design testing and all that and they were like this is what our cool rocket that gets to twenty five thousand feet is gonna look like yeah like in every single science lesson where you have to build a rocket none of them are shaped like a dick they're all shaped like a sword i feel like it's less aerodynamic like you don't put the biggest part at the top no you don't not in my experience i mean this feels this bottle of stella this empty beer is probably more aerodynamic than that rocket ship big time no wonder it didn't get that high exactly couldn't even get higher than a plane and what do you think like the next like and there's like a space race among billionaires what do you think like the next thing is gonna be because the space thing isn't like quite oh. working out as well as they probably thought it did it's living out the the uh dwayne the rock johnson movie where they go to the center of the earth they go to the earth's core they go reverse. oh sweet journey to the center of the earth yeah you go in baby da vinci code style when you go to the bottom of the ocean uh, eh, it's cold down there yeah, I know, but there's like cool fish. There might be oil there. You never know. Ooh. Like if you're a rich guy, that's usually something that you're interested in. Dig a hole to China. Yes, exactly. Create that's- the first underground tube. We need to fill the earth with pneumatic tubes like yes. a bank so, yes. so that we can travel to China much more slowly. Tubes city commercial airliner. One at a time. It's only the width of like, five, it's a five foot hole. That's it. What is the worst thing that could possibly happen by drilling through the center of the earth, which is definitely possible, by the way? Um... Well, you'd, all that matter would have to go somewhere, right? So you would just put it into the ocean and then, yeah, just put it all in the ocean. That should be fine, right? I feel like some wonky things would start happening if you like got to the center of Earth's gravity. All right, how about just like we have to limit it? Maybe only like 100,000 tubes. That's it. Okay. But, but like a true tube like through the center of the Earth... I feel like once you no. got to the center, it might like crush you into spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Into maybe a pancake. Maybe not through the core itself, but you go, 
you get to like a roundabout, maybe like on a like on a, a tangent. Yeah, a you got a mathematical uh, tangent. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, try, don't try to bring math in here. We already got Zach off of here. I, so I feel like we just talk. invented tunnels. <laughs> we just invented tunnels. Yeah, with a roundabout though, a roundabout and tunnels, but cool tunnels that go to China. Yeah, exactly. I think it's I a think, great idea. I think the exact opposite of the Earth from Illinois is South Korea. I thought it was the Indian Ocean. Maybe it might be the Indian Ocean. You're right, but it's definitely not China. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> the Indian Ocean to China. They're like right next to each other, right? China's about big. as close as Peru and Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> it's all North America to me, baby. The entire world is North America to me. Uh, yeah, it's all here. Damn. All right, is that a good place to leave it? Is that a tight hour? I feel like that's even longer than an hour. So yeah, oh, absolutely. It's okay. also five thousand degrees in my home office. Again. Okay, why don't you go cool so, off? I need to stand in front of the air. Put my head in the freezer for a bit. Don't watch any steamy reality television. I'll just get you even more hot and bothered. I won't. I will stay in my office, or I'll go into the other room, and uh, I don't know. I actually do have to work. So this is, this is, a, we can keep recording. You said we can keep recording, right? So long as we're recording, I don't have to write slides. See, Luke also scores Cubs games during the game, but he also works past 10 PM on a weekday. So you get, you get a little bit of both with Luke Fowler. That's what being a non-exempt employee is all about, baby. There ain't no bell in the corporate world, except on wall street where there literally is a bell that they ring. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, there's no bell. My life is run by bells, so I get it, baby. They should have a giant bell at football games. A gong. A gong. Game what? over, gong. Like a, a celebra- celebratory gong? I feel like that would be a really cool shtick for a football team. I mean, the air horns are pretty good when the air horns go off at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, if you want to be the gong team, maybe make your team the gongians. Maybe a baseball team could have done that. Hmm. I, I don't I don't want to encourage baseball teams to start exploring Asian themes for their teams. I yeah. feel like we, we just sort of departed that. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> probably right. We don't want to write it. We want two lefts to make a right. I, I don't I don't want to like theme it around that, but just having a big old gong that you ring. Everyone is celebration. Yeah. We don't need to make it like a central, like we don't need to extrapolate behind that, just the instrument itself. A victory gong. If you win the game, you get to go to your gong and ring it. And if the opposing team wins, they get to go run over to your gong and bang the shit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Also, a team should bring back Vuvuzelas. I feel like that would be an insane home field advantage. I'm in. I'm so in. I have mine ready to go. We need to, what do we call it? We were bonging beers out of it. We're bonging beers out of it. Doesn't work as well as a traditional beer bong. <laughs> no, it, it is just a tube. <laughs> it's just a tube. <laughs> and doesn't have a particularly good mouthpiece on it. Not a Bezos tube, just a regular tube. All right, buddy. All right, till next week. All right, talk to, well, you're not going to be here next week, but have fun. I can't wait to listen. Love you, Zach.